Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. I'm still Chad Russell. That's Kurt Souter. And this is a show for men by men talking about things from a man's perspective. If you're just joining us, thank you. We have tons of shows. We have 100 plus shows in the bank. And you can listen to all of those topically, depending on what you're interested in. You can go to soundcloud.com. You can go to iTunes if you're an iPhone user. Or you can go to furtherstoneministries.org, click on the mic, and you will see a list of all of our past shows. You get to pick and choose from different topics. In today's topic, we're talking about how to develop tender but also tough children. And I want to mention this before we get too far into the show, that I'm sitting here with two published authors who both have a new book, two books coming out. These guys don't just have one book coming out. They've got two books that are out. One of them is Enough Horses in the Barn. And that is a book uh, predominantly geared towards leaders and pastors and people who are uh, kind of in leadership position about having uh, enough horses in the barn, meaning you've got the, the folks and pointing them in the right direction of, of leadership. And, and, uh, and then the other one is roll up your sleeves, which is really to folks who say, hey, it's time to get out there and roll up your sleeves and get to work. You guys are can speak more to that those books as well. But anyway, pick up those books. Where can they get those books, by the way? Uh, Living Word, Amazon, and at the uh, Further Still website or thoroughlyequipped.org. Okay. So those two books, pick those up. So, okay, so, so Chad, we, we're talking about, and Eric, we're talking about this whole developing toughness. And I, we use the Bobby Knight quote. You know, um, now Bobby Knight's got a lot of issues, you know, <laughs> and, you know, I mean, whatever. We go, theologian Bobby Knight. What's the quote, Eric? And you use it, uh, we use it in our discipleship stuff. And, you also use it in your classroom. Yeah, first uh, quote in my syllabus in the back is, is uh, I always call him the famous basketball philosopher, Bobby Knight, but it's, he says, it's not the will to win that's important. Everyone's got that. It's the will to prepare to win. And so, of course, in the classroom, you know, I know all my students want an A, but that's not a very interesting observation. You know, the, the interesting thing is going to be who's willing to work for it. And um, that's the, the question. We all want these things in life. We all want certain things, but... Who's got the will to prepare for it? And then are we training our kids up to prepare to win? I mean, yeah, we want our kids. Who, who doesn't? What parent out there, what dad and, and mom is listening to the show right now, doesn't want what's best for their kid and, and for them to become, you know, successful and for them to become, you know, a, a solid, you know, citizen here in the country and, uh, you know, just doing, you know, living life uh, in, in many ways, you know, kind of the American dream or whatever. Yeah, I want my kid to be a jerk and a quitter. Uh, what? <laughs> no, no one wants that. So but how do you get there? And then how do we train our kids to, to persevere? You, uh, Eric, you men- mentioned earlier, and I want you to state it again, you, because your parents divorced, you had to go and work yourself and put yourself through school. Yeah. So, and I was fortunate to be able to stay with my mom. So it's not like I had no help, but, you know, minimal help. And I had to come up with, you know, the finances on my own. And I would look back, I look back at that and say, you know, that was highly formative. It was, you know, one of the most important things that happened in my life that I had to work my way through school, the time management, I valued my education. You know, there's just so many lessons that came with that. And I run into people who would say the same thing. But then it's funny, a lot of the same people will turn around and say, well, I can't wait to pay for Johnny and Jenny's education. I'm like, what? (laughs) You just told me this was this greatest thing. So why wouldn't you seek to emulate that or at least emulate part of that? You know, for example, to have your kids have some ownership, you know, maybe they pay half of the books or they pay for 
uh, summer tuition if they decide not to work or, or whatever. Have something where they have some skin in the game. I'm an economist. I'm going to talk about incentives. But when you pay for everything, that doesn't set the incentives up very well. When people have skin in the game and make investments, they're just going to pay more attention to it. And you want your kids to have that, plus the skills that go with time management and, and, and just paying more attention to, to doing life instead of paying for everything. And then they go off and you know live like you know they can take it easy that's uh which is that it's just not life you know uh I, I'm, I'm reminded of a a guy several years ago who said to me he goes you know I, I'm, I'm putting my kids all through you know private school private education co- even through college you know a private college and paying pretty serious money to do all that and he goes what are you what are you doing and I said you know I, I told my kids when they were 12 years old that they needed to uh, they're, they're, they're in charge of their college, and I'll help them a little bit, but not very much. And he goes, well, man, I, w- I wish I would have done that. And there's this principle of when we help our kids too much, you, you see that as a professor. Yeah. Labor economists call it, oddly, the Good Samaritan's Dilemma. How do you help someone and really help them? And the fact is, when we give people more resources for a longer period of time, we're encouraging them to become dependent on that help. So we see it in welfare and charity most prominently, but we see it with don't feed the bears. You don't feed the bears because it changes things. It changes, they come looking for, to you for food. Uh, it drops their ability to find food. And so we know that's the case with bears. And we need to ask the same thing with parenting. Everything from how much do I help my kid on a science fair project to... You know, do I, um, do I want to stretch the introvert? I want to make him uh, talk. I want to have him order the pizza, for example. Very small thing. Because I could order the pizza. I'm pretty good at that. But I need my kid to become better at, at finding his voice and verbalizing things and having the courage to talk to people. And so I need to have him order the pizza. Now you go into the store and, and take care of this because, you know, I, I don't need to practice that. You do. And so instead of us just doing things on our own, we breed dependence in our kids. I was just asked recently uh, from a dad who's got a very introverted child uh, in sixth grade, how do I help her break out of that? And, and you just answered that. You know, make them do the harder thing. Yeah, low stakes. You know, it's like, you know, you don't want to exasperate them. You don't go, you know, ask them to do something beyond them, but you know, they can step up and, and do something small and get and get better at it. How do we do that? How do we, what are some other small things that we can do, maybe not just for the introvert, but for just all of our kids, some smaller things that continue to push them to, uh, you know, because the Bible talks a lot about perseverance, mm-hmm. a persevering spirit, a, a spirit of endurance, a spirit of developing muscle, um, spiritual muscle, um, physical muscle, emotional muscle, what are some other small things that we can do to help our kids become tougher? Yeah, back to, well, I was going to go tender for a moment, but, um, you know, with my boys, you know, we're going through a rough patch right now at home, and I was like, boys, you got to step up your, your hugging game. You know, you got to be hugging mom as much as you can right now. And so just teaching them to have discernment, to uh, be aware. You know, they're going to be husbands someday. They're going to be fathers. And so, they, you know, they should have their eyes on a, they're going, to, they're going to have difficult people at work that are struggling. So I want to teach them empathy and compassion 
And uh, you probably can't hug people at work much, but uh, you know you want to work on hugging people and, and mom in particular uh, to to show her love. So you know that's not their comfort zone. Uh, you know, particularly my more introverted kid. Uh, but he needs to work on that because it's not it's not sufficient to just kind of go through and do your video game and your even your homework and be an A student if you don't know you know hey it's time to step up my game and hug my mom more often this week because <laughs> one day his wife's going to come home from you know and you gotta you gotta love on your wife yep. I mean we're we're raising our our kids to become solid husbands solid wives who you know it can model. Uh, really what you're talking about is uh, our kids and, and grandkids and our, even our great-grandkids. We're setting the, the, the table for that kind of faithfulness. Yeah. We talk about nature and nurture. And so, yeah, our kids are bent a certain way, but we still want to stretch them and grow them and, and have them develop habits uh, and patterns of living that are, uh, that are going you know, to bear fruit, uh, fruit to righteousness. Um, the Bible talks about the corrections of discipline are the way to life. It's, it's really helping our, our kids live a life of a, of a disciplined life mm-hmm. in, in all areas. Another thing is overcoming failure. You know, Proverbs twenty four sixteen talks about a righteous man falls seven times but rises again. And the number seven is not literal, right? It's figurative for all the time. We all fall. We all make, make mistakes. We all fail. We lose jobs. We, you know, whatever. And so we have to teach our kids to, to be good winners and good losers. Uh, sports is terrific for that. Uh, but academics and, and other things that, you know, you got to take risks and therefore the possibility of losing. And then if you lose, uh, how do you handle that well? Eric, you tell the story you, because you thought you're musical. You, right. you played the violin. You grew up. You taught it. And you thought your your boys would probably move in that direction, but they pretty much primarily have gone into the sports world. Yeah, we've dabbled in music, and I, I figured that's the way we would go. I thought all of us would be playing in an orchestra someday together. We'd do a sound of music thing or something. I don't know. But, no, it was sports pretty quickly. I think homeschooling kind of took us that direction. And then maybe it's because we have all boys, and, and two of them are very athletic. Um, so maybe that that's the thing. But in any case, we've you know we've learned life's lessons that I learned through music, uh, they've gotten to learn, you know, through sports. You tell a story uh, about you were helping somebody teach, and we're going to unpack that story because I think it, it's a it's a great principle for all of us as parents. Um, but we need to take a break right now. We're going to take a break, and uh, it reminds me of Romans five three, where it talks about uh, not only so we rejoice in our sufferings because we know that sufferings produce perseverance perseverance character and character hope and if you want to take away the sufferings in life what do you miss you miss the perseverance which leads to the character that's not a formula but it's a process and which leads to hope a life of 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 promise and one of future right so if we eliminate any suffering from our life or our kids life we're robbing them of perseverance and character and eventually hope so we're going to take a break we'll be back shortly on our final segment of solid steps radio Welcome back to our fourth and unfortunately final segment for today's show. But hey, we will live on in infamy in podcasts. So you can continue to listen to this show over and over. You know, if you want to help us, uh, obviously listening to us helps, but send this along to someone would really be helpful. Uh, Putting it on your Facebook page uh, and making a little bit of comment about what the topic is about. Uh, You're probably going to hear some of this and think of someone. Send this to that person. Say, hey. Joe, Jeff, 
Ed, we've heard this about uh, blended families, or we heard this about parenting, or we heard this about leadership within the home and business, whatever it is, pass it along to someone, get the word out on Solid Steps Radio. You know, so Eric, we, we're zeroing in on you know, how do we create this grit? And we do, we do need to encourage our kids. We need to you know, give them the attaboys and applaud what they're doing. But you tell the story as you were a teacher of uh, of another teacher. You're mm-hmm. teaching a teacher how to teach. Yeah, we have to encourage and we have to ex- exhort. And one bad thing a teacher does sometimes, I'd be a horrible violin teacher if I saw the 50 things you were doing wrong and I just listed all 50. I would crush you. You know, what? a good teacher picks one or two big things and says, let's work on those, right? But and then, then there's also, the, so there's the constructive criticism, but then there's also the encouragement when things are done well, uh, you, you've got to encourage. So I was leaving Texas. I had a music studio, and I had an adult student who um, she could handle the the lower half of the studio I was leaving behind. But I was t- basically teaching her how to teach, uh, and and uh, she it's funny because she she was working with a, a a church member, and so they were willing willing guinea pigs for this experiment, and she had decided that I was too critical. Uh, and maybe I was, I don't know, but, but her, she had overcorrected and she had decided with a student that she was going to just say something really nice every time. Well, the funny thing in violin lessons is that if, if you don't prepare and you're not very good, uh, you, you're not very good <laughs> and it's really bad. I mean, it's, you know, we've seen that in movies, right? Where the you know, bad, bad violin playing is, is the worst of all time. But uh, this kid combined that, that lack of work ethic with a lack of ability and he was just horrible. And so because he would have to stop so often, he was making so many mistakes, she was having to come up with that many more uh, creative uh, and kind things to say to him when the fact was it it was horrible. And so it it was comical because after a while I realized what was going on and we talked about it afterwards and she, you know, we had this discussion that I just went through, but she was trying to be really nice all the time. And I said, well, first of all, you don't have to say something nice, period. You can say, let's try it again, Scott. And, um, but then sometimes you do have to critique, you know, and there is this balance here, but I think sometimes we, you know, we give out the participation ribbons and, uh, you know, you know, we thank you for doing it and, but we're kind of leery about the first prize trophies. And again, sports tends to help with that. I mean, we, we have our participation ribbons and stuff, but you know, we need to celebrate excellence. We need to encourage people to get better. It's not all about winning, but you know, it's important to get better too. Yeah, and, and the, the, the balance of encouragement, but also the balance of, of training and re, even rebuking. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that kid needed to hear, hey, Bobby, you got to step up to the game here. You got to yep. practice at home. Yep. And uh, we got to be able to do that as parents. We got to be able to, and that's the beauty of, uh, you know, parenting and, and, and you know, listening to shows and podcasts like this, listening to Focus on the Family and Family Life and other and reading books that challenge us as parents to try to be balanced. One of the great books that I have used with my kids over the years is the book uh, called Do Hard Things, uh, written by two brothers, uh, the, the Harris brothers. And uh, it's been a great, because it's just raising the bar. They talk, in the book, they talk about George Washington as a as a as a teenager doing things that like 30 year old men do today and uh, just raising the bar of helping our kids really excel um, as um, individuals in, in, our, in our culture and society. I think in a lot of things we, we don't have even a vision for, 
for that for our kids. So I think a book like this can help us see what's possible. Uh, and then second, you need a plan. You need you need particular ways to do it. And I think that's where the Harris book is helpful. It, it casts that vision. It lays out a number of suggestions in, in one of their appendices. They have a list of 100 things you might consider doing and just picking a few of them. Uh, they Three of these, they, they sold all the clothes they didn't need and gave the money to charity. Uh, worked as a camp counselor for kids with disabilities. Uh, fasted from TV for a month. Maybe we would have that uh, be the, the Xbox or something. But, you know, do something tough. You know, uh, abstain from something. Uh, do an act of service that is beyond you. But we, we should encourage our kids to, to do that. Instead of just going through life floating along, we need to encourage them to, to take steps uh, to do things and not do things that will uh, benefit them in the long run. Well, I read that book with each of my kids. And that was so helpful to, to help them get a vision. Uh, it helped me say, let's, let's do some hard things. Let's, let's tackle. It's, ironically, those two boys were teenagers when they wrote the book. It's now in its uh, second uh, publishing, and it's been translated, I think, in like 10 plus, 12 plus languages around the world. And uh, our kids aren't going to go write books, maybe. But they can, we can raise the bar in helping them develop grit and uh, have some stamina and endurance and perseverance. The foreword is written by Chuck Norris, if that helps. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Eric, there's also another book I, I think you've used, you've used before, and I know that we have used it in our home numerous times. It's called Shepherding a Child's Heart because it's not just having uh, this toughness, you know, I mean, we don't want our kids to be Chuck Norris's and being, you know, martial arts and which is, can be another really cool thing, but just, you know, in, in fights all the time, mm-hmm. but uh, developing a, a tough skin, but also having a t- tender heart, shepherding a child's heart by uh, Ted Tripp is also excellent, excellent resource. Yeah, I have heard multiple people t- reference that book uh, as something that uh, it, it, you all just said something reminds me of uh, Aristotle. I'm not a philosophy guy, but Aristotle has this teaching on the golden means, which means you can take something that's very good and you can screw it up in one of two ways, too much of or too little. And so you got to have both. Uh, if you're going to be teach them to be tough, you also can't overdo it and be harsh on them. And you also can't be too little on it and be too soft on them. So it's just that it's not either or it's both and and it depends on the kid yeah 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 you have to look at the audience what what you mentioned your four kids are so different and that's the case with my kids and chad you're six boys and you have to look at them individually um it reminds me also of uh, something that that we've done over the years is to read autobiographies or biographies of of great great solid people and this can be uh, you know, I, 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 Corey Ten Boom, who survived the Holocaust, and you read her story, and sometimes we, our kids can think, oh, I'm, you know, woe is me, my life is, you know, tough and difficult and whatever, and, you, and then you read Corey Ten Boom, and you go, uh, that's tough. That is tough. Mm-hmm. People, people spill their $5 coffee latte and their leather-heated seats of their 40,000 vehicle and they just had a bad day yeah you really haven't had a bad day in the big picture thing yeah uh eric i know you really encourage folks to really step up the reading shut the tv off read more yeah and uh i think you know chad's talking about first world problems that we have and 
you know, again, with our kids, uh, a sport like wrestling or cross country, I mean, I, you know, I'm not sure my, my kids are going to be professional wrestlers with the, uh, <laughs> in either, either sense of the word. But, you know, my second son ran, ran cross country. And uh, when we joined that, we had no experience in that. But uh, the coach basically said, hey, there's no knuckleheads in cross country. Because, you know, if you're out there running three miles in races, knuckleheads don't do that. You know, because why? Well, because, first of all, the kind of people that are attracted to that. But you're disciplining yourself in a way when you're running miles and miles quickly you know, that, that just does something to your, uh, your character. Uh, it attracts a, a certain kind of character, but it builds a character beyond that. And so what are the sort of things we have our kids into? And reading, you know, back to reading as the example, that's another one. So uh, we got a lot of books in the house. We don't promote reading as much as we should, but reading is, you know, turn the TV off and catch a book. That's good. Eric, thanks for coming in. I, I, our hour is up, but uh, this, is a good, this is a good reminder for all of us dads. Uh, would you pray for us? Help us to be the dads that we need, uh, Father. Would you pray to him? Sure. Lord, thank you for today, and uh, thank you for the, the challenge of, uh, of being uh, walking through this life, and hopefully we're tough enough as well, Lord, uh, in your strength and in your power that we have the wisdom and courage uh, to walk effectively in this life. We pray that we would persevere. Uh, I think of uh, Daniel uh, and, his, and his three friends, and they... Uh, you know, they, they said, we're not going to bow to you, Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, we're going to do, do the right thing. And they weren't worried about how it was going to turn out. They were just worried about being faithful to God, Lord. And we pray that we'd be faithful to you. We pray that we, we would be faithful to the things you put in front of us today. And as we raise our children, Lord, we just pray that uh, we would uh, have uh, insight into uh, the magical and uh, myst- mysterious beings that you've given us stewardship over, Lord, that we would uh, know what to do and then have the courage to do it. It's so easy just to let life slip by and to uh, turn on the TV or just stay in the patterns of living we, that we have. But Lord, I pray that we would be introspective and that we would pray to you and that you would give us guidance on what to do and that we would have the strength to follow through and not to quit. Lord, we thank you for all that you give us. Thank you that your son did not quit. We thank you that you did not quit on us after extending grace to us. Lord, and that you walk with us every day, Lord. We pray that we would that would inspire us to great things in our families and in the kingdom. We lift this up to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Howard Hendricks said, if you do things for your children that they should be able to do for themselves, you're creating emotional cripples. So let's go out and not do that and walk solidly with the Lord. Thank you for listening to Solid Steps Radio. Really?